had asked me to speak this morning on the last chapter of this book, which is uh, entitled Grow. Uh, It has been Bishop's desire for mm, uh, pretty much as long as I could remember before even he had become pastor here at Pentecostal Tabernacle, uh, that Pentecostal Tabernacle would be known and function as a house of prayer. And so by his asking us to go through this book, um, it's really him, his action as a parent of this house to say, hey, this this is what our household is about. And as members of this household, I need you to grow. I need you to be a person of prayer. Because this house, its reputation, its name should be a house of prayer. So, uh, the author, uh, Bob Sorhi, he, in this chapter, he uh, mentioned uh, two different verses, Second uh, Peter chapter 3, verse 18, which said, But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and the day of eternity. Amen. And then also he mentioned... Uh, Psalm 92, verses 12 through 14, which describes the righteous man. It says, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still yield fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap, and very green. How many of you all want to still yield fruit in your old age? Amen. Amen. And and you know what? Uh, I, I'm almost feeling uh, somewhat sorrowful that, you know what, I'm getting to that point where, you know, I may not, Maybe I'm not ready to say that I'm in my old age, but I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. And, and so um, um, I'm older than most of the people in this room, which, you know, so. But I want to be able to bear good fruit in my old age. This chapter, uh, Grow, um, the author is driving home this point of we need to grow. And so when we look at the very definition of that word to grow, 
it is to develop or to increase. And I took this definition right out of the dictionary, but what I did was I ran it through the filter also of our mission statement, which is it's the dictionary definition said to develop or increase spiritually, physically, mentally. But when I looked at that, I said in our mission statement, our mission statement is calling for us to grow spiritually, physically, intellectually, characteristically, and economically. So when we think about growth, growth can occur in uh, a couple of different ways. It can grow, we can grow quantifiably, or we can grow qualitatively. So when we talk about quantifiably, we can grow in, in greater amounts or greater capacities. Uh, but when we talk about uh, growing qualitatively, what we're talking about is growing so that our value and our worth has increased. Over time, there should be, in our lives, there should be a measurable uh, change or, or maturation. And so what I want to focus on this morning when we talk about growth is what I want, I want to focus on the concept of when we grow, we should grow and become more mature than what we are. And so I would love to think that I can continue to grow and perhaps get taller. But years ago when my son was in high school, I remember us standing at the doorway of our bedrooms. Our, our doorways face each other. And, and at the end of the hallway is a mirror. And we're both getting dressed and, and looking at checking ourselves out before we go. And Roy says, Dad, I'm taller than you. And I looked at him and I says, Roy, when I was your age, I was taller than me too. <laughs> I'm going the other way. I'm starting to shrink. Gravity is taking its effect. So, you know, and Roy had always wanted to be tall. Uh, which I guess as a child is taller than your parents. And so he had already passed his mother, and so that was a happy day for him because he had surpassed his father. And so uh, I would like to think that I can, can, could grow even still and be a little bit taller because I've always wanted to be taller also. But I think that ship... Well, I don't know that it passed. I don't think it ever came into the harbor. <laughs> okay? Uh, just saying. Just saying. Okay. So, but for all of us, whether we grow uh, in, in, in stature and height, we can grow and we can become more mature. And, and for us, and what Bishop is trying to drive for uh, us to do through uh, these times of prayer, these seasons of prayer and consecration that he has invoked in our church uh, by giving us these books 
or uh, are encouraging us to read these books is he wants us to grow in maturity. He wants us to be a more mature Christian, a more mature uh, prayer person of prayer. So the Apostle Paul put it this way in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 13 through 13. He says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come into such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord. Measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So even here we can see how Paul is uh, encouraging the Christian believers there in Ephesus to say, hey, this is our goal. Our goal is to is to mature so that we become more and more like Jesus as we uh, as as we become unified in our uh, faith and in our knowledge of Jesus Christ. So, so when we think about prayer, um, uh, for us as believers in Christ, there are two modes of prayer. There are personal prayer, uh, which is the time that we ought to spend in and of ourselves uh, praying. And then there's corporate prayer. Um, what I'm going to say here is going to apply uh, to both modes of prayer, both personal and corporate. Uh, but what I want to do is I want us to look at uh, a few things that uh, are focuses of prayer or foci of prayer that we ought to look at. So when the disciples were walking along with Jesus and they observed how he prayed, it came to a point where they came to the Lord and they said, Lord, you know, we see you just praying and, and, and just things are happening. Lord, teach us to pray. And so we see that in Matthew chapter 6, and we also see it in Luke chapter 11, that account. And Jesus responded to his disciples' request by saying, Pray then in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Amen. So when we look at this model of prayer that Jesus gave his disciples, uh, 
what I want to do is give you an illustration of what I see uh, is uh, Jesus has given us a prayer sandwich. And for those of you that have been fasting, well, this, my illustration may be a little bit tempting and it was for me even when I came up with it. If you look at a sandwich, a sandwich has two pieces of bread and stuff in between. And the model that Jesus gave to us is that we have the bread on top and on the bottom is adoration and praise. It's acknowledgement of who God is in our lives. And so all of our prayers ought to begin and end with adoring and praising and acknowledging who God is in our lives. And then, as any good sandwich, there's an expectation of something in between. Now, when we were good growing up, uh, me and my cousin, uh, uh, my cousin's house and my house were back to back, and we were the same age. Uh, and when we used to come home from school, we would go over one of the, either her house or over my house. But the expectation was we were going to have an afternoon snack. If there was nothing else, what we would do is we would create what we call a wish sandwich, which was two slices of bread, a slather of mayonnaise, and we called it a wish sandwich because we wish we had something else to put in it. <laughs> this is not a wish sandwich. The, the, the sandwich of prayer, it has contained within the adoration and the praise for God is there are prayer, there's, there's a, an ability to pray for your needs. Uh, there is uh, kingdom-centered prayer. And then there's also prayer that we can have often offer up for our own personal maintenance or for our guidance. And so, but when you make a sandwich, I would imagine most of you don't want the kind of sandwich that sometimes, regrettably, my cousin and I would have was a wish sandwich. But when there was, say, cold cuts in the house or, or leftovers in the house, like a left, some leftover chicken or something like that, we would fill the middle of the sandwich with the main thing. And then we will put maybe some lettuce and tomatoes and, 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 and mayonnaise or cheese or whatever have you. But, and for us, the believer in Christ, the main thing are kingdom-centered prayers. So, and those prayers are what's at the heart 
of God. It is the things that God wants to accomplish in this earth through us. And he has also given us the ability to pray about things that surround us, but the main thing that he wants us to pray for are kingdom-centered prayers. So, when we look at this, uh, what we commonly know as the Lord's Prayer, or some people call it the Disciples' Prayer, um, let me ask you something. Do you notice anything about that prayer? And Because most of you, uh, probably like me, if you went to Sunday school, you had to learn it and memorize it, and you uh, had to recite it. Uh, but does anybody notice anything about the Lord's Prayer? Okay. <laughs> All right. If you look at it, there is no ask. Did you ever notice that before? There's no asking. And one of the things that that let me know is this, that prayer is not begging. And if you were like me, um, oftentimes I used to approach prayer more an attitude of beg than an attitude of expectation. And when I realized, when I got to the point where I realized that prayer, that I needed to completely change the way that I think about prayer, So that prayer wasn't me pleading with God to do a thing. That completely changed the way that I prayed. And I remember at one time um, when the Lord was explaining to me how I ought to approach prayer. He took me back to my childhood days and um, and I was oh, probably maybe six, seven years old and my grandmother would send me to the store. And she would say, Roy, um, I want you to go to the store and I want you to get some milk, some bread, maybe some butter or whatever it was that she needed. She would give me this little list and tell me to go to the store and get it. 
And when the Lord was showing me that illustration, he said to me, he said, did you ever question your grandmother? I said, Grandma, why are you sending me to the store? I ain't got no money. Because my grandmother, what she would say to me is, just tell Pete. Pete was the owner of the store. She would say, go just tell Pete that to put it on my tab. And at the end of the week, I'll pay. And so, gladly, here I am as a little boy, going up the street, blocks away, to the store, and getting, walk in. I said, Pete, my grandmother sent me. I need to get some bread, some milk, some eggs, some butter, whatever it was that she told me to get. And he filled the bag up. And I would be on my merry way, but not before I added some candy. And when God showed me, he said, Roy, he says, when my spirit's leading you to pray for something, when you're praying according to what I want, it's no different than when your grandmother used to send you to the store. Why are you worried about it? CG, can you come here for a second? Now, CG, last year, you were at my house, and you asked me for something. What did you ask me for? Phone. What kind of phone? iPhone. Uh, XR. A, a, a what? iPhone XR. Okay. <laughs> okay. See, no, you, see, you all are laughing. You all are laughing. You all are laughing. But, and, and, it, and it, 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 I was laughing too. <laughs> you weren't alone. But there's something, you know, she wouldn't have asked me if she didn't think there was a chance of her getting it. See, because we go back a long way. About as long as she goes back. <laughs> and, and, and here's the thing. In her eyes, you know, because why did she ask me? There were a whole lot of people she could have asked. But why did she ask me? And I surmise this. That she asked me because... Not only did she know or believe 
that I had the ability to do that for her, but also because I have a generous heart and I'll bless her. When we approach God, how are we approaching God? Do we really think that he has the ability to do what we need him to do? Do we really think that he is generous enough? Okay. Somebody was feeling some praise. Until your heart is really truly convinced that God is has the ability to do everything that you fill all of your needs and that he's generous enough that he's not going to hold back and dangle them off from you away from you you need to do that you need to have that kind of belief that kind of faith that kind of trust in God. And and if you don't, I would suggest that the issue is you really don't know him. So, now I know a lot of you all are wondering, did she get her iPhone XR? That's for us to know. Okay, that's for us to know. She got an iPhone. She got an iPhone. It wasn't the XR, but she got an iPhone. She got an iPhone. I was just told it's time for me to release the children. Mr. Zane, before you go, can you, can you come to me, Zane? Come on. Hey, Zane. Hey, Zane. Tell everybody. Who who am I, Zane? Uh-huh. Now, Zane, ever since he could talk, will call me Grandpa. Okay? Now, I know some of you all will say, how is that working? <laughs> you know? But you know what? You can't convince him otherwise. For the rest of his life, when he sees my picture, when he sees me, he's going to, you know. So even when Zane is my age and comes to visit me. (laughs) 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 See, you all don't believe. 
My father is capable <laughs> of preserving this body. <laughs> All right. He's going to call me grandpa. So the question becomes for us is, do we really know God? Thank you. You give me a tissue? Thank you. All right. Thank you. Do we, re do we really know God? Are, are we able to call him by whatever title or, or, or identify the relationship? See, because some of you all are trying to figure out, well, you know what? I don't think he's, he's a vet's father. I don't think he's Emmanuel's father. So how does he become grandpa? Through adoption. How do you become a son of the most high? Through adoption. You have to be convinced. Because without that relationship, you've got no access. Okay, Zane, you going you going over to nursery? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know where nursery is now, don't you? You do. Okay. It's now called the Elder Roy Nursery because they kicked me out of my office so that you could have a bigger nursery. <laughs> they promised me they're gonna put my name on the. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Relationship is important in the way that we, in our approach to prayer. CG wouldn't have come and asked me without that relationship. The other thing that's important in the way that we pray or, or, or an important element or, or basis for our prayers is function or role. And this really gets to the issue of particularly when, we're, when we need to do function in the way and pray in the way that God needs us to pray. See, so like CG, okay, um, CG is a child, okay? A child's world is about this big. It's, it's, it's all about me. It's about my needs. When a child, when a baby infant is born, all an infant wants is their whole world is about what their needs are. I don't know how many mothers had, have had their infant say, Hey ma, I know I was about to cry, but, um, you need a break. <laughs> I mean, you could take, you know, Take the afternoon off. I, 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 I haven't seen the child that does that yet. Any mothers? Have you? You know, okay. I didn't think so. Th that's, that's a child. When we become more mature, our 
responsibilities and our awareness becomes greater. And so, and in the same sense, for us as believers in Christ, as we mature, as we should, our prayers need to mature. It shouldn't just be about me and mine. I should be spending time praying for, or we should be spending time praying for others. I never even shared with you my title of my sermon. The title of the sermon is Grow Up. When I was a child, and and if you were acting in a manner that was not uh, as your age should dictate, people would say to you, grow up. So turn to your neighbor to the left and to the right and say, grow up. Because when it comes to prayer, that's what we need to do. So now, the other thing was function and role. Um, Adolph, um, can you come up here for a second? And I, I think one of these microphones is working. I think it's on. Test, test. Okay. So, Adolph. Um, you were in the military, right? Yes. Okay. You were a soldier. Yes. Okay. And so, and, and the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm saying this is because for us as believers in Christ, we're soldiers. You know, if, and I'm sorry to burst your bubble and ruin your paradigm, but, um, Christianity isn't about, uh, God saving us. And then we'd be able to kick back for the rest of our lives. We're soldiers. We're in battle. We're doing battle for the kingdom. We're taking territory. Okay. So, Adolf, um, how many, you know, how many people did you um, serve, did you command? It, as a soldier? 300. 300, okay. All right. So now when you or your company needed food or supplies or anything, uh, did you worry about getting those supplies? No. Okay. Um, so, what did you do? Is if if you if you if you needed more supplies for something, what did you do? Ask. Okay, you ask. But and so now he's saying ask, and what I want to suggest to us is, as I said to you, when we look at the Lord's Prayer. There is no ask. And you say, well, Roy, you know, 
you know, in other places in the scripture, Jesus starts talking about, you know, um, you know, if you ask, you know, and if you look up that Greek word that is in there, ask, it is actually a Greek word that is uh, a tale. And that word can mean ask, it can mean request, it can mean demand. And so what that, that formula that Jesus gave to us isn't an ask. What I want to, the proposition, what I want to put to you today is it's a holy requisition. And I know in the corporate world, when I needed something, it went out in the form of a requisition. And I imagine even in the army, you say, even though you say ask, it was an order. It was an order. It was a requisition. It was a, it was a demand. It was a demand. And so, and so now, while you were there, did you, you didn't have to worry about your food. You didn't have to worry about your clothing. Um, uh, did you, if you were told to go on a mission, did you even have to worry how you were going to get there? No, all that was taken care of first class all the way. Okay. <laughs> Uh, uh, okay, uh, you got frequent flyer miles too? <laughs> yeah, I bet you did. Okay, um, I'm not sure about the first class, uh, you know, uh, but uh, private first class, maybe he was on the plane too. Uh, what about your family? When you went on a mission, did they have to worry about where they were going to live, where they were going to eat, or anything like that? No, it was all first-class treatment. Yeah. <laughs> boy, he, he, he's laying it on thick, boy. <laughs> so, 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 uh, so my point is this. You know what? The military doesn't do that just because they thought Adolf was a nice guy or the other soldiers in the army, what it was is, look, they don't want them to have to worry about their families. They don't want them to have to worry about what they're going to eat and what they're going to wear. Because they want their total focus to be on the mission. Which is why in Matthew chapter 6, our father said, that whatever you had need of, he's going to take care of it. And the bottom of the, at the end of the chapter, he says, all you have to do is seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. Or Bill Belichick theology, do your job. Do your job. Do what you've been called to do. You've been called as a soldier of the kingdom to take ground. What does take ground look like? It's winning souls. What does take ground look like? It's setting things that are out of order in this earth into God's order. That's your mission.
that's, that's, that's that big piece of meat in the middle of the sandwich. That's what we need to focus on. Sure, I know, yes, I have needs, I have wants, I have desires, and God's not saying, I don't want to hear it. But what God is saying is, this is what's got to fill your prayer sandwich. It's got to be kingdom-scented prayer. It's got to be prayer that is going to change this earth. It's got to be prayer that is going to cause souls to be moved from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Thank you, sir. So, you have to, it has to be a demand. It cannot be, uh, well, Lord, if you have time today and you can get around it, to it. We can't pray like that, saints. Turn to your neighbor and say, grow up. We've got all of this access, and we're not using it. We've got all of this capability, but yet, and and so what enables us to fulfill our prayers, prayers answered, is our relationship, our sonship to our Heavenly Father, our function, and that's the basis for it. And Adolf, I I forgot to ask you one question, but when you put the requisition in or place that order for your supplies, does it always come just as you, is there ever any problem? And and usually what the big problem is, is this. If he ordered supplies and they did not come, there's a problem in the system. Something went wrong. Something's not working right because he should have gotten them. And sometimes the systematic problem could be caused just because the system's not working right or it could be because of interference from the enemy. One of the strategies of war is to cut off the supply line. When we look at Daniel, when he prayed, what happened to the supply line? It was being cut off. And when the angel finally arrived with the answer, he said, no. We heard you. We had to do some battle to get to you. And that used to be one of the things that used to bother me was the fact that I had when... I, in my mind, it was, you know what? Lord, 
I ask you, why do I need to keep asking you? But see, in my mind, it wasn't asking. I was, I was really begging. But what really needs to happen is supposed to be happening in prayer and why you keep asking and asking. And I'm saying asking, but it's a demand. It's a, you keep pounding away. Keep pounding away is because something's wrong. The request that you made was heard, but something's interfering it. And you have to, just like the, the, the person who woke up, Jesus gave that parable, um, I think it was, was it chapter 7 in Luke, uh, where the person uh, had somebody come over in the middle of the night or late at night, and they had nothing to serve them, and they kept knocking on Richard's door, but Richard wouldn't answer. And they kept pounding on Richard's door, and finally Richard turned on the light, looked out the window, said, hey, I'm asleep. My whole household asleep. But the person in that parable, it says, because I think in the King James it says importunity, but but when you look up that word in in, in the Greek, it 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 just it meant shameless persistence. I, listen, I'm not going to stop knocking on your door. You might as well come in because because if I hit it any harder, it's com- the door is coming off the hinges. But I'm getting what I come after. When we pray, we have to have prayers that are going to set the system right if we're not getting the response that God has sent or desires to have happen. And sometimes we have to just keep pounding because we're bombarding heaven Because there's an enemy that does not want to have happen what you prayed. But that can only come through, those kind of prayers can only come through the mouth of a mature Christian. So church. 